Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life Wired podcast, and thank you guys for joining us on this Sunday, April 2nd. Today's episode falls on a little bit of a unique weekend. Um, you know, this is Christina and I's actual engagement anniversary. We got engaged literally a year ago, so April 2nd, 2022. Um, we actually did an episode around this time on April 12th. Um, and it was our episode, which was titled, um, it was episode number 29, How to Stay on Track While Dating. Um, in this episode, we kind of talked all about, and Christina talked all about, um, kind of our, our engagement and kind of what we did that weekend. And, you know, now we get to celebrate it today. And this is something we've been looking back on and, and really happy about. And now we get to kind of, you know, share this day, share this experience with you guys on today's episode. And, you know, I think it just came at a really good time. We were both reflecting about, you know, areas of our life that, you know, we weren't necessarily optimizing, you know, around that time versus, you know, kind of sitting here now and, and looking at the compound effect of our efforts since that day, literally since, you know, that engagement weekend, it was kind of funny how our, um, like a lot of business clarity came around like our personal, obviously romantic clarity as well. Yeah. This is actually, I was thinking, sitting here thinking, and it like brought like chills. Um, this was a one year anniversary of like massive business decisions we both made. I, made the decision to bring back built and balanced and you made the decision to birth everyday athlete like that weekend open a gym <laughs> in the woods in hocking hills and so it's been a year of that compound effect and i was just gonna pop in and say like 50 episodes later which is crazy like the growth yeah. in that podcast we appreciate every single one of you listeners who've come since you know this time last year obviously you may have joined this podcast and started listening and thought we have i've like started built and balance like five years ago last month was my anniversary for that but you may look and if you're a personal trainer you're someone who's in the fitness space you may look and not see all the behind the scenes but like last on our engagement anniversary we made these huge business decisions and it's only been one year in the making so mm-hmm. it's really cool to reflect on that yeah very cool you came back to built and balance i birthed the everyday athlete and yeah look at us now it's pretty it's pretty crazy reflecting back on that, guys. Planned a whole wedding in a year. Yeah. yeah, so now we're just coasting. So a lot of people ask for like wedding updates, and we're getting married in Columbus, Ohio, which is where we live, and we have the whole wedding planned. We literally planned our honeymoon last night, just <laughs> casually, and then we all have to do all we have to do is do the rehearsal dinner. Everything's done, and now we just get to coast and like enjoy being engaged for a year. And I was talking to one of my clients who's wedding planning this past week on one of our calls, and she mentioned that like a lot of people will tell her like just elope. It's the most stressful thing of your life, and I think that. The beauty in a longer engagement is like we're big planners, so we got it all done and we crushed it. We treat, we kind of laugh because we're like, how you do one thing, how you do everything, and we like built our businesses in a year and like while planning a wedding, and how we treat our businesses, how we treat our wedding planning, we're like appointments, checklist, timeline, all this stuff. I have a planner, I have all these things, and we got it done, and now we get to enjoy being engaged. So like, I think a lot of people are like, kind of normalizing kind of funny about today's episode what's normal versus optimal but people normalize that wedding planning is so stressful but i think when you have that longer engagement and you have more time to plan it's like it's so fun like yeah. we haven't been stressed i mean obviously it's expensive but like we haven't been stressed at all throughout the wedding planning process which is amazing so i just want to come on and say because i know a lot of people like who listen are around our age maybe you're getting engaged um or starting a business Do two years it is the move yeah and so now we get to and i'm like of course counting down the days and i can't wait but you know we have it all done. Which yeah, is really it was nice because nice it's like we had that year of planning and now we have a, re- a year of relaxation. <laughs> but um, on to today's episode, guys. So before we begin, this episode is brought to you by Nash Nutrition. The Nash bar is made with simple and nourishing ingredients, 20 grams of protein, and is naturally sweetened with honey and dates. And what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, most of the so-called healthy protein bars on the market are actually just glorified, um, basically candy bars. And we know that if we consume way too much processed food too often, again, volume, frequency, it can eventually lead to long-term health issues. So this is truly why, you know, we love the Nash bars. I think I get 
like four boxes a month. So that just shows you how much I love them. Um, we never even have to think twice about the ingredients and they truly are the good for you protein bar. And so the Nash bars are going to be restocked mid-April. Um, so make sure you guys head to their website, get on their newsletter so you get updates on when those bars will be available. And you can head to that link after the sh- or after the episode um, in the show notes. So on to today's episode, guys. This is episode number 79. Like Chris said, we're almost you know 50 episodes since that um, April 12th episode. So this is really cool. And we, we appreciate all of you guys every single week. You know, we just want to continue to provide you guys with the with the useful resources, information, and knowledge so you guys can absolutely just go out and crush your life. We want you guys to live truly happy and healthy lives. And we know that we live in a world right now where that is not common. That living healthy and happily is not common at all. And we really want to show you, you know, whether we're the only ones in your life or, or if you have multiple people in your life who believe this, but even if we're the only people in your life telling you these things, we want to show you what's possible when you guys really start to shift that mindset from, a, from approaching your life of what's normal versus, you know, what is truly optimal. And so while we have personal experiences that influence our perspective around this topic, you know, the data guys and the information across the board really shows that what is average or normal is becoming less and less and less optimal. Um, I actually just listened to Dr. Will Cole. He's a uh, more of a functional medicine doctor, really believe in a lot of the things that he says. I- I'm just really impressed by his approach. You know, he believes in a lot of the same things that Chris and I believe in. And he had a really, um, you know, eye-opening quote, you know, that he said, and it reads, the average young adult today has the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. So this kind of paints the picture of where we're at, you know, especially from like a mental and emotional standpoint. And I think that these are areas that are extremely underrated. Um, you know, across the board. I think that, you know, before before even Christine and I really started diving into the specifics of the science and the impact um, of total health, you know, not just the training, not just the nutrition, but what about the stress? What about the energy? What about the mental health? How is the recovery? How are we optimizing these areas? Like it really starts to open your eyes up to like just how much we have to go in relation to what we need to fix with our health, with our fitness, with our happiness. There's so many pillars to this, guys. And we always just want to shed light on the things that you guys can control so that you can live, you know, a life that you're, you know, ultimately fulfilled by. Um, so our goal, guys, with this episode is to help you guys understand the type of mindset and lifestyle that is required to get the things that you ultimately want in this life. Because we know that if you're listening right now, that you care about optimization. And everyone has to start somewhere. You know, everyone has to start where they're at. But the best thing is, is that we get to decide what direction we're heading in. We get, we get to decide what that direction looks like based off of our habits right here, right now. And this is what brings me to, you know, a really important topic about this episode, which is really the power of the compound effect. And this is something that's so hard to see, to trust in, to implement, because the nature of the compound effect is delayed gratification. And guess what? Delayed gratification is fucking uncomfortable. It's very comfortable and easy, you know, to lean into that instant gratification those microwave results. How can we get things quick, 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 quick? We want things as fast as possible. We're not willing to work for things anymore. And the unfortunate part of this is if we're always chasing comfort, we're always chasing ease, we rarely will dive into that delayed gratification. And something that Christine and I have experienced, and I just want you guys to experience this for yourselves. And I know some of you listening have, because I know right now, some of you are my clients, some of you are Christina's clients, and you guys damn well understand, you know, the importance of this delayed gratification because you've seen the results firsthand. And so something that's so powerful, and I I was telling Christina this this last week, I was like, one of the best feelings on this planet, literally the best feelings, is sitting in the present moment and reflecting back on this, on the hard as fuck work that you put in to get to the point you're in right now. 
and you don't see it until you get to that point. Like you really don't, you know, get to experience the delay, the effectiveness of the delayed gratification and of the compound effect until you reach that point. But that's where we have to trust in the fact that what we're doing today is either compounding for us or against us. And that is our habits and our and the daily habits that we are putting into play are going to determine which outcome we will experience. I think what's cool is like right before we did this episode, we were reflecting on the fact that like when we recorded that episode this time last year, like 50 weeks ago, like where we were personally, business and health and how much has changed. And I think that's that feeling that Zach was talking about of like looking back on a year ago and like when you're in the moment, like there were really hard days business wise where we're super stressed, where we weren't doing the fun things. Like there's so many like unsexy things when it comes to fitness and when it comes to business and you're doing those things day in and day out, like it's a grind and there's always going to be a grind season. But then when you get on the other side of it, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm so glad I went through that because now I'm here where I used to be like a year ago, like our lives are completely different than they were a year ago. And like, that's one of my goals is like, I never want to be in the same spot. And I saw a quote the other day that was like, of course, growth is uncomfortable. Like taking that first step, what's even scarier. And it was a graphic of someone being in the exact same spot, afraid to take that first step. And if we had been afraid, to take the first steps in any you know direction or any area of life this time last year we wouldn't even be close to where we are today we'd be in the exact same spot to me that's scarier and more uncomfortable than the delayed gratification the growth the hard days like doing hard things really does something to you and for you subconsciously so I really encourage you guys to like lean into that feeling and I promise like the best feeling is like looking back and like also reflecting with someone in your life and if you don't have someone in your life who's like growth-minded that you can talk about these things with Welcome to Life Rewired. Like, we're those people for you. You can always message us. But also, something you can do that's really powerful is just like journaling. Like, this time last year, I was doing X, Y, and Z. Now I am like, here's all the things I accomplished. And that's why we do those birthday episodes where we're like, here's all the lessons we learned this past year. And I always encourage my clients to do the same thing, just reflecting on where you were and like what you've accomplished in this one chapter of life. Because we have this whole book of life. Time is going to pass regardless. Like, do you want to be in the same spot when you start your next chapter? when you're reading a book, you want to see change happen. You want to see the plot thicken. So like doing these things and like taking risks and getting out of your comfort zone is like the plot is thickening in your story of life. So like reflecting on each chapter is a really powerful thing because that's where that delayed gratification and that compound effect really pays off. And even when it seems so insignificant, like we can just sit here and reflect on like, as we look back on this year, you know, 2022 versus 2023, like Christine is talking about, like, There were days, guys, like I'm sitting here telling you, like there were days where we didn't want to do certain things. There were certain days where we were absolutely stressed the hell out. There were days where our energy was super, super, super low. But the one thing that we commit, we've always kind of committed to, and and we've been doing this from the day that we, you know, really started dating and, and getting serious together is like really committing to just like some type of improvement, like no matter how significant or insignificant it feels, but just some type, and Christine always says it, that 1% better. Like if you guys can truly embody that mindset where like even on the days it fucking sucks and you're like, I don't wanna track this meal. I don't wanna show up for this workout. I don't want to um, you know, do this part of my business plan that's eventually gonna turn into something that I can leave my job for. Like whatever that thing is, it's like in those moments when you can just win that battle, And the more of those battles that you just keep stacking and stacking and stacking and stacking, your life will change because it works in the exact opposite. When we get comfortable, when we do what's easy, guess what? We're training ourselves to lean into what's comfortable and what is easy. And the more we do it, the more we are going to lose those internal battles when we are faced with that adversity. So I'm telling you guys, like, you know, something that you'll start to understand when you really embrace this compound effect and delayed gratification is just how important the little things are. Like 
any anybody in life who's become great at anything that they've done has really taken the little things seriously like all the little things that most people blow off because it's in those little things repeated over time that compound over time that get you those phenomenal those sexy results so i'm here to tell you guys commit to those little things commit to the small little incremental changes day by day by day that are going to inch you closer and closer and closer towards your goals and i think that cutting corners these days speaking of what's optimal and what's normal. I have a lot of people who will put in their goals, like for coaching is like, I want to stop cutting corners in my life because that's become the norm. And that is the norm in reality. Like if you're in a corporate job or you're in, you know, fitness, like even in gym class when I was younger, like people would cut corners and no one would see it, but your character is who you are when no one's looking. So what's optimal is I made this Instagram post when I first started posting fitnessy things. And it's one of my favorite quotes, which is go the extra mile. It's never crowded because that is not the norm. It's optimal to go the extra mile because it sets you in a spot to achieve your goals. And it gets you one step ahead of everyone in the reality of cutting corners, like on the mindset level. So teach yourself not to be the kind of person that cuts corners in your goals, like as simple as like drinking your water goal getting your step goal. And like, it really does a lot for you. Like the compound effect of us doing that for the past year has made a difference in our physique and our mental health. And we'll talk more about that later on and like how we optimize our health, but be somebody who goes the extra mile. Absolutely. So if we look guys at what is quote normal across the board, you know, the average adult lifespan is 74 and a half years old. The average adult gets very little movement each day. We're becoming more and more and more sedentary. Like think about our convenience. Convenience is at an all-time high. We can order our groceries on demand. We can sit all day for work, you know, working from home. We can do all of these convenient things that aren't optimal. The standard American diet is made up of prepackaged foods, refined grains, processed meats, high sugar drinks, candy, sweets. You know, so if we eat like what is normal, that's the result we're going to get. These are the types of foods we're going to consume. Those are all the inflammatory foods listed pretty much in order. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, Sam Miller, you know, another awesome individual in the fitness space, more so on the nutrition side of things, um, especially when it comes to metabolic health, Sam Miller, you know, he quoted the other day, we've gone from letting our, our, we've gone from letting our food be our medicine to now needing medicine because of our food. Like think about for a second how ass backwards that is right now, where we've gotten to a point where we're sold to and marketed to, you know, these very highly processed foods, packaged foods, and now we're at a place where we're so metabolically compromised and health compromised that we're now having to use medicine to fix our shitty lifestyle habits. Like how, like just for a second, just pause guys. Like if you're someone listening to this, just think about right now how freaking ass backwards this is. And this is the kind of state that we're living in right now. We're more stressed out and anxious than we've ever been. You know, we gave the quote above. We actually were do, was doing, I was doing some research before this on, you know, stress levels and, and anxiety and, and depression in the world today. And it's, it's running rampant. And so, you know, we look at normal when we take a step back and we look at what is normal. Like, do we really want to be normal? Because honestly, like, I know I don't. I know I want to be the freaking weird person. Everyone's like, what the hell is that guy doing? He's a freaking weirdo. I love being weird. Like, please <laughs> give me, give me all the weirdness. Um, but anyway, you guys see what we're saying here. I know we're laughing about it and shedding light on it, but it's real. You know, a lot of things we're doing, I was just telling Christina that it's like, you know, it's really hard sometimes our, 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 uh, our mentor, we look up to Jeremy Scott. He always says like, you know, don't get jaded by the industry. And it's so true. Like we just see all of these things, these imperfections. And, you know, that's why we're here guys. We want to help you optimize these areas of your life. Yeah. And I think that when I first started doing personal development and fitness as a whole, like 
it was weird and I shared before like that people would like make fun of me on Instagram from like my high school and I don't want that to scare you guys because back then like this was so like alien to yeah luckily like, it's <laughs> more accepted now a little bit yeah I feel like since quarantine and just COVID and everything everyone's like leaning more into health and like what we can control and inflammation is like one of the biggest causes of disease and it's something that obviously to an extent we can't control if it's genetic but all those foods that listed that are so common like what makes up our American diet they're all inflammatory foods if your inflammation is high your fitness goals become a lot harder your health is kind of you know going down the drain and there's certain things we can control which we're going to talk about once again at the end of this episode but I think that when I first started doing all those things I felt very weird as Zach said it's like you're the weird person in your life but I think that we just want to be that person for you guys to show you like you're not the only person striving for these things that's why we create a community with the podcast and also a community with our clients because I always explain like one of the best pieces of coaching that people don't even expect because this isn't even like included in the package it's just an add-on is we have group chats for our clients and that's where everyone gets to connect on like how do you guys hit your step goal at 7 p.m how do you guys pre-log your food like what high protein meals are you guys enjoying because when you have these conversations with people in your everyday life like hey where are we going for dinner i want to pre-log the menu they're like what the hell is pre-logging like what who cares what's on the menu you know but like when i met zach i was like oh i looked at the menu before this date and he's like so did i (laughs) Like, I'm not the only person that does this, you know, like I felt seen and we want you guys to feel seen. Like that's what this podcast is for. And we've done what's normal in the past. And it was like not acting in alignment with who we truly are. And we're willing to be like the weirdos um, that you guys can relate to in order to like do what's optimal. And we're going to show you what optimal looks like to us. So you guys can do the same. So I wanted to kind of shed some light on like from a coaching perspective, I did um, certification through Sam Miller, actually, who Zach was talking about. He's like metabolism, functional nutrition, like expert. So I did a course, it's FMNS, which is functional metabolic nutritional specialist and it was one of the most eye-opening like honestly like I have my master's degree in exercise science I took every nutrition course at Kent this was the most informational and educational course I've ever done it was freaking hard like it was really hard but if you're a coach out there who wants to like level up like that is a great like expertise and specialization to have but I learned a lot about like when clients get lab work done, which I have had plenty of clients get lab work done. If you're controlling all the controllables and you're not seeing weight loss, there's something that could be working against you, whether that's your hormone levels, your thyroid, your cortisol, your, there's so many things that go, you know, so much other behind the scenes, like lifestyle factors beyond just training and what's going into your body nutritionally that impacts all of these areas. Yeah. And it makes weight loss extremely difficult if you're controlling all those controllables and going to the doctor and getting lab work can really help that. But in this course, he really talked about like, and I've seen this firsthand when clients come back to me, they're like, my labs are normal. And I'm like, do you have a copy of it? Cause I'm you know, specialized in reading it now that I've took this certification. And while I'm no doctor, I just like look and I even did this for myself at the doctor. I went last week and they sent me my labs. And before they sent me an explanation, which was like a green light, nothing's wrong. I was like, oh my gosh, my cholesterol is high. X, Y, and Z is like my iron is low. So I know the lifestyle factors to shift those things. But if I had no experience in reading lab work, I would have been like, oh, I don't need to take like, an iron supplement. this is supplement. just normal. This is just average. Yeah. And there's lifestyle factors I could change. Like I could eat less red meat. We've been eating meat in our dinner for like seven months straight. But you can switch up your diversity of your food. You can take certain supplements if your iron is low to improve your energy. Like there's certain things you can change. But when you get a blanket statement like, hey, everything's good then you don't make those lifestyle changes until maybe it's too late and you have uh, pre- have high cholesterol and I need medication when I'm older, you know? So we just want to open up the conversation that like when you do get, you know, lab work and stuff, it's good to just like educate yourself on like what's normal and what's optimal because in the medical world, there's a range that's normal. And we learned in this specialization that like 
you can be in the normal range, but your energy can still be trash. Like you can go to the doctor and I think a lot of women get dismissed when they go to a doctor and say like, my gut health is horrible. My energy is low. I have brain fog and they're like, everything is good. And it's really defeating. And I follow a lot of women who've gone through like breast implant illness or like, you know, just gut health problems or hormonal problems. And they get told from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor, like everything's fine. And I've had clients who go to like 10 doctors and this is out of pocket money, which is so heartbreaking to see. And they're like, you have mold toxicity, like the highest of ranks I've ever seen. And that impacts their fitness, that impacts their energy, that impacts all these things. So it's just, you know, be your own advocate for your health too. And obviously I'm no medical expert, but I'm just encouraging guys to educate yourself on what the normal ranges are, because what's optimal is typically the higher end of what's normal because they're comparing your results to people who come into the doctor, which is most likely sick individuals. So the higher end of the normal range or even a little bit above that it's what's considered optimal but you may be in the normal range and still feel like shit to be honest so yeah and I feel like Christina like you see it more so even than I do at scale like coaching women coaching females I think that you know when we just look at the science like women are like you guys are very complex humans like you guys can Mm -hmm. literally reproduce like you guys have certain like hormonal ramifications that you have to consider that men literally do not have to consider and like just a a question kind of popped in my head like how eye-opening has that been for you like coaching women and seeing the hormonal impacts of like going to the doctor seeing certain areas of the of their health compromised it's crazy because they spend a lot of time frustrated and thinking something is like broken in them but it's just a simple like the permission for the doctor to be like, hey, you actually need like a medication, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that because it can really help you. And I think that a lot of women struggle with like, I see every woman that comes to me like, oh, I have gut health problems. And I'm like, oh, welcome to the club, sister. And people always say like, it's normal to have gut, like common to have gut health problems, but it shouldn't be normal. Like it's very common for a reason. I think it has a lot to do with us all being on birth control and from firsthand experience. I got my labs done. Like I did a Everly Well test for both gut health and hormonal health. And my period problems were tied to my hormones. But what was nice about Everly Well was they were like, here's the normal range. And you're kind of like tiptoeing on the curve of like not being within normal range. So if they were straight up telling me like, you're not optimal for these things, here's lifestyle factors you can change. And I've done that for the past year. And it's really important because I don't think a lot of people get the proper labs done or the gut health, you know, issues solved. And so that hinders a lot of the things that we eat it hinders a lot of our period problems, which hinders our digestion, our energy, our bloating. And we're just constantly walking around. Like personally, me, I'm like, I think that walking around bloated 24 seven, having period problems is normal because that's what everyone tells you, but it's mm-hmm. not optimal just because it's normal doesn't mean it's optimal. So I think just being your own advocate is really important. And obviously there are certain things you cannot control and that's okay obviously, but we want to focus on what we can control, which is optimizing your lifestyle factors. Because I think like, obviously me talking from a female perspective of like the gut health issues, the hormone issues I've had, I was an advocate and got my you know levels tested. And I know what lifestyle factors I can change in order to optimize my personal health. And it's, you know, really paid off. So it's obviously an investment with your time to like educate yourself and ask those questions. And, you know, we do that for a living, so I enjoy it. But <laughs> I think that we can give you guys some easy, tangible lifestyle changes you can make that have changed our lives and optimized our health. We're going to go into these kind of by category. So some lifestyle changes and routines you can work on is for us, sleep is a huge game changer for us. So since I got the aura ring around this time, it was like in November of 2021, um, I really started to focus on the things that affect my sleep. And since prioritizing like 
proper sleep and optimizing my sleep. I've seen it change my energy levels, my stress levels, my performance inside and outside the gym and also like cravings because a lot of your problems, like I go through check-ins with clients and when their sleep is low, which for me is considered seven hours, like anything below seven hours of sleep. And the reason, and that's like the normal, I feel like the norm for everyone. That's what this conversation is about is like, that's the norm to be like having lack of sleep because of work stress and lifestyle factors and things like that. But it's, it really makes a big difference on your cravings. It makes a big difference on your, you know, stress levels. It makes a difference on your recovery in the gym, mentally and physically. And I didn't really understand that there was like, with the aura ring, it tracks your recovery. And that's like your mental readiness and your physical readiness. It's not just like, how physically ready are you to work out? It's like, when I have low recovery from like a night of drinking or staying up late, which is the norm, I can't perform very well, you know, with work, like trying to podcast after a night of drinking is like one of the hardest things, you know, we have to be very on and it's really hard to perform when your recovery is trash. So according to aura, I looked at the statistics of like what's considered normal for recovery and it's 70 to 84 it's like on a scale of zero to 100. So 70 to 84 is considered normal, but 85 to 100 is considered optimal. And I have a lot of clients who have the aura rings and when, you know, we're staying up late or we're drinking, it drops you to like, I'll be straight up. I've had like two drinks before, woke up and it's 30% or like 30 out of 100, which is 30%. So obviously I have to be like, okay, how many drinks can I have to wake up the next day and be in like a normal readiness, which is like, it takes a lot of like intentional effort, but like, if you're willing to like optimize your health, like it will pay off. That doesn't mean you can never drink or never stay up late, but we are what we do most of the time. So if you're someone who's drinking during the week and a lot of people say like, you know, drinking helps you fall asleep easier. The reality is it may help, may help you fall asleep easier, but you're not getting into the deep recovery, like the REM sleep that your body needs to properly like restore itself mentally and physically. So you're missing that every single night. And then your energy is trash, which affects every area of your fitness. So I recommend like obviously everything in moderation. So I stopped drinking like on the weekdays. Like if I was to go to a happy hour during the week or like dinner, I just won't drink. Or on the weekends, now I know what my max is to wake up the next day and still be able to perform because we obviously work on the weekends still. So it just depends on your own lifestyle and like what your optimal range is. Personally, I like to be 90 90 plus, like 90 to 100 is my optimal range. But remember what's considered normal is 70 to 84, which still isn't really that good. It's like a C, you know, if you grade yourself in school, like 70 to 80 is a C, 80 to 90 is a B, 90 to 100. Like I'm an overachiever. I sent Zach one of my old report cards from when I was younger. I have, it was like A pluses. My mom was telling me, she's like, you would come home crying if you got a B. So like I treat all these lifestyle factors, like I want to ace out my life, you know, in all areas. And sleep is one of those things we can control. Yeah. And sleep, it's just crazy how impactful the sleep really is and, and what it can do for our energy, for our mental, our physical recovery. You know, I would have to argue that like out of all these pillars of health and even fitness, you know, literally like quite literally like not a whole lot else matters if sleep is compromised like you can't perform you know mentally at your at your work and your job if, like at the level you want to if sleep is compromised like we can't progressive overload and push it in our training and the intensity in our training if sleep is compromised like sleep is kind of like the the base like of the mm-hmm. found like really the foundational principle of our health guys and you know us wearing these like christina wears the aura ring i wore the whoop for two years um i i think yeah two years and you know once again the whoop is absolutely phenomenal for like a recovery and a sleep standpoint i learned so much about like the the ramifications of certain lifestyle habits on my sleep um because like christina's talking about like with all these numbers and scores and stuff that's a lot of, of what of what the whoop does as well in relation to like the data is it really shows you like how long were you in light sleep like how many hours like like how long, you know, did you spend in deep sleep? How long, you know, 
or how many disturbances did you have throughout the night? Like ones that you don't even remember, but like how many times you were um, disrupted basically throughout your sleep. And then just like the aura ring, you know, it gives you that score based off of all of those different factors, um, as well as considering things like heart rate variability, which can be impacted by substances like alcohol. And so that was probably like the most eye-opening thing for me when I wore the whoop. And I know if anyone listening who has the whoop kind of knows what I'm talking about, but like literally, you know, even if I would have like one drink, even like two drinks, like the way that my recovery and my sleep quality would be impacted was insane. You know, so we have so many people out there, you know, operating on this through this lifestyle of like, you know, we regulate stress with alcohol throughout the, throughout the week. So we're overstressed. We, we supplement that stress with alcohol. And instead of it actually helping, we're actually just literally dumping oil on the fire and making the way, making matters like significantly, significantly worse. And then we wonder why we're burnt out. Um, so like we're, we're operating almost in, in this norm of compromised sleep and compromised health. Um, but that's just become our norm. So we don't know any better. And this is why we encourage you guys, like when you start making these like small shifts. So like if you're someone, you know, who you feel like you have a lot of different things, you know, kind of compromised right now, it's like, you know, what is one thing you can start trying to at least control for? And like, I would lead with sleep, to be honest, because like we said, it is that foundation of everything. Um, But you will be shocked at just how much better you feel. Because, you know, if we know certain lifestyle habits and things can inhibit our ability to have that quality REM sleep where we get mental and physical recovery, if we're not getting that, then that's where we're going to be mentally and physically compromised. So these are just things we have to be aware of, guys. You know, we're not telling you, we're not sitting here like giving our opinion, like we're giving you the stats, like we're literally giving you the information of like what the impact is of these certain lifestyle habits on things like sleep. And I just want to pull out my recovery from last night because I always check it right when I wake up. And today I actually didn't um, because they have a new feature and it was like they're adding a new stat to their sleep, which is really cool. They're always adding like data. But last night I had one glass of wine. Um, Like I said, we were planning our honeymoon, having dinner with Zach's parents. So I had a glass of Savvy B. And my recovery, we don't want to demonize alcohol, but from like a realistic standpoint, alcohol is a toxin. So like we we all know, like, you know, how it affects our body. But we do want to just like point out, you know, we still have moderation and we're not like perfect 100% of the time. (laughs) Yeah. But (laughs) I think that another point right there is that alcohol and drinking has become like the most normalized drug, you know, like over so the u.s and i mean all over the world but i think just reminding yourself that moderation is important like i had one glass and i still got a 94 out of 100 for my sleep which is very rare but that's because we slept for nine and a half hours so like that shows <laughs> you that like we obviously had to get more sleep to equal a normal sleep like that's my normal sleep score on a night without drinking alcohol in seven hours but i had to get nine and a half to get the same sleep score because i drank which I mean, it was worth it to me. It was a fun night. We For sure. got good recovery. But we just want to point that out. And I think it goes hand in hand with what we talked about last week with Corey, how he was like, people who come to me like, what should I do more of? Like when they're training for powerlifting or a marathon and he's like get more sleep like that will like dramatically imp- that's the biggest roi of anything else you're gonna do mm-hmm. so we want you guys to start there so next one is work life like how you can optimize your work life so being sedentary I think is the norm like working an office job and the reality is like working from home like i'm an online coach like fully i don't train in person anymore and my job is completely sedentary so like i could we did used to have just a normal desk normal desk chair and would sit all day then I'd have to go to the gym and walk for so long just to get my steps in, even though we go on dog walks. So like that's very difficult for someone who doesn't have dogs or, you know, can't get up and walk around if they have a job where they're in meetings all day or they're, you know, in queues all day for a certain like job. You can't just get up and walk around, you know, but we got a standing desk. That was the first step to optimize it because when we're standing, you know, 
we, I think we perform better. I think our energy is higher. And I also think that it just overall helps with your overall calorie burn for the day, like sitting versus standing, but then getting a walking pad, which was a great investment. And Corey said like, it's so worth it. Like ours was like two fifty, and I got it on sale for black Friday. So obviously it's a little bit different now, but it's linked in my Instagram highlight called links if you need it, but it's been the most helpful thing ever. Like I get up and walk on it and do my check-ins for like couple of hours. And then the rest of the day, I don't even have to look at my steps. I know I'm going to hit it if I just do a couple hours of working and it helps me focus when I'm just sitting. It's hard for me to like lock in because I have a hard time focusing as it is, but getting a walking pad and a standing desk will help you have an optimal mental and physical like work day or going on a walk outside, like during your lunch break or after work, just like movement is optimal and being sedentary is normal. Plus working like 40 hour work week leads to burnout. And this time last year was like one of the most burnout times in my life. But what's not normal is meditation. What's not normal is going to therapy. And what's not normal is having boundaries. But by doing all those things, now I'm living life in an optimal way. Now I work for myself and I have control over those things. But if you're someone who doesn't have control, doing those three things, like meditating before work or after work, having boundaries and saying like, I don't have the capacity. If you're able to say that and have that communication, then it's, it's worth it because running yourself into the ground for a job that could replace you in one day is very heartbreaking. So going to therapy helped me realize like where I need boundaries in my life. And that helps just like overall with mental health and physical health and helps me optimize my work life. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, in most roles and in most jobs, and I had to have this like tough realization when I was working in my corporate job is like, unfortunately, like we can, we can like, and some companies are different. Like some companies have phenomenal, you know, cultures and things like that. Very, very much um, like a connected culture where people genuinely like care for one another. Um, I think it's very rare. Um, because for me, like I had to have that tough realization where it's like, look, I'm like killing myself in this job. Um, yet I'm so replaceable. Like if I died tomorrow, like they're going to replace me. So it's like, why are we spending our whole entire life selling our soul for a job title and a salary? Um, when we could on the flip side, you know, do our job. Yes. Like we don't have to be a jackass, like do the job, but also like, don't let your, you know, happiness and your health become compromised or sacrifice those things for a job or for someone in an organization who would replace you. That's just what I want you guys to think about. And one of my friends just got a new job and they offer mental health days. And when she told Zach and I that, we're like, yeah, oh my like, God, this is crazy. But like the reason we had that reaction is because it's not the norm. Like she's gone through many jobs and like they don't care about your mental health. They don't no, care if you need to. They don't a day give a fuck or, about you. No. And to be honest, for her new job, like they have so much like great culture and also like mental health days and great like offering so that everyone's operating at an optimal way. And the fact that we're so shocked by that shows that it's not the norm. Yeah. And so, you know, a topic on this whole idea of work life, um, work life and optimizing this area, you know, Christina told me this a long time ago. And it's funny because I've actually like literally in these last couple of weeks, I'm teaching this to like three different clients of mine um, who are trying to regulate their stress and stress is, you know, a big portion of our coaching and helping clients regulate that. And, you know, she told me this analogy about glass balls and rubber balls. And, you know, she basically explains this as like what tasks, what like obligations or obligatory things in a given day are glass balls or rubber balls? Which ones when they drop are going to have to are literally going to break as soon as they hit the ground? Which ones are going to be able to to keep bouncing to, to maybe the next hour or maybe the next task? on the to-do list or maybe the next day, maybe the next week. Um, and when I started viewing, you know, my demands of my job and, and my work in this way, it really helped me relieve a whole lot of stress because, you know, I know, I know if I have multiple clients who are similar to me in this way, I know that there's more people listening who are also similar to me in this way, but some of you could probably relate to this, but I'm definitely one of those people where like, you know, when I get a message or like when something comes up, like I want to just 
solve it like immediately. Like even if I'm like 15 minutes before like a client call and something comes up with another client, I'm like, oh my God, I want to like, you know, solve that right away. Um, but you, you really have to like practice this and get good at it. Like it's taken me time and it's still, it's something I'm still working at, but I feel like I've been able to decrease a shit ton of stress in my life. Um, by really looking at like, what is, what is the most immediate thing I need to take care of? Like, what are the, what are the glass balls that I need to take care of? And I think like, especially for Chris and I being entrepreneurs, like we know, we knew that, um, you know, balancing like the demands of just like running a business. And then on top of that, posting on social media, like has always been a major challenge. And so like, I think like we've gotten ourselves in a great routine where like, we really do focus on like our work and like the demands of what we need to do for like clients and things like that. And then like leaving the social media and stuff like that for like end of day, for example, um, like little things like that, just like pushing off the tasks that we might lump together with the most important tasks that may be able to be pushed off. And like, that's kind of how like, I personally believe overwhelm happens. And I know that like, that's how I overwhelm myself sometimes is like, I've got like this, 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 like all these things like hitting from different directions. And I don't take the time to mentally kind of divide up, you know, what are those obligations? How, how immediate are these obligations? But you almost have to, you almost have to take that quick census of like, okay, really quickly assess what do I, what do I need to take care of right now? What is immediate? What is a must do right now? What can wait? And when we can take that approach to like tasks and things we have to do throughout the day, guys, it will really help you regulate your stress so much more. And I've gotten positive feedback from my clients, you know, who have started practicing this in their day to day. And a lot of times, guys, like I know we're talking about like the jobs and, and, and like the corporate environment, like we get it. Like I, I lived, I've worked a corporate job. Christine's worked a corporate job. There's so much out of your control. So like I truly do sympathize with you guys to this respect. Like I do understand um, that a lot of things are outside of your control, but you just got to look out for yourself, guys. Like that's all we're saying. And with like, you know, the work-life balance, you know, not selling your soul for a company, a job title, like just like, just look after yourself because ultimately no one else is going to do it for you. And so onto, you know, the next approach um, that we want to help you guys optimize is just your approach to nutrition. And so like a big focus, I know Christine and I have made, um, you know, over the years is really leaning into those whole foods. So like, you know, honestly, when I think of like healthy, like what does it truly mean to be healthy? I think of like consuming as much minimally processed food as possible. So like when you look at the back of the label, when you look at that ingredient list, like not just because something is shouting in your face on the front of the package telling you it's healthy. No, turn the package around, look at the ingredients. Is this heavily processed? Which means is it filled with a ton of artificial crap? Like am I eating the real food source or am I getting like a very highly processed manufactured version of the original food source? So that's kind of like what we think about with from a whole food standpoint. And I think when you start to understand like the bigger perspective of health and just wellness in general, you really do start to understand the importance of consuming those whole foods, like the inflammatory ramifications, the gut health ramifications, the metabolic ramifications, the hormonal ramifications. Um, there's so many different things, guys, that that food impacts. Like I think one of the biggest, most eye-opening things for us is the, rec the recent science around like gut microbiome. Like the fact that literally like our gut is made very much so in the same way as our brains and they're directly connected, like literally directly linked where the things we're putting into our gut are sending signals and preferences literally to our brain. Um, there's been a lot of research studies done with um, animal trials with literally transferring um, literally schizophrenia, like mental illness from, from um, subject to subject. Like it's absolutely insane, you know, this gut microbiome information out there. So if you're someone that wants to nerd out a little bit more about that, definitely do some digging, look it up. It's really fascinating. Um, but it's really just crazy to see the impact, you know, that our food has on the way our body responds. Because, you know, what we don't realize is like when we 
enter substances into our body, our body's using that as information. It is signaling, you know, what are we doing with this substance? How is it either helping our health or, you know, maybe compromising our health? And our bodies are smart. Our bodies are very intelligent and they are either getting used to, you know, those types of foods or not. And so this is where, you know, we've seen a lot of change happen for us from like our inflammation is down, our gut health is improved, our energy levels are improved, our performance in the gym and day to day is improved, our mental health is improved from leaning into more whole food sources most of the time. I like to explain this to clients in a form of like a luxury car. So when Zach and I met, who's driving a Mercedes Benz? Did your car take um, premium gas? premium. Yeah. So think about like a luxury car. I'm not a big car gal, but I always use a Mercedes as an example. Um, those cars take premium gas to operate at an optimal level. Our bodies are the same. If we're putting regular gas in a Mercedes Benz, how do you think it's going to perform? So we have to treat our bodies like a luxury car and like a Benz um, because putting un- regular unleaded fuel, I-, I would say is like soul food. It's processed food. Obviously it works for some people, but like, you know, if you put it into a car, you want to operate an optimal level and that's not what it operates on, which our bodies need micronutrients and whole foods to operate not at an optimal level. So remember that 80-20 for a reason. I personally like to do like a 90-10 for myself just because that's how my body and gut are optimally run. But speaking of gut health, one thing I do want to point out for like a nutrition perspective is that fiber is something that is like so dramatically under eaten that's become the norm. So typically when I have clients come in, I get their average fiber. I'd say nine times out of 10, it's at under 10 grams. And the daily recommendation, like the optimal level for proper gut health for women is 25 to 35. So it's a constant push to like get into that range. And for men, it's 35 to 45. And I use this as a gauge to see like if your fiber is super low, you're not eating enough whole foods because where do we get fiber? Fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, which should be at pretty much every meal that you eat. So if you're getting eight grams of fiber, 10 grams of fiber, like take a look at your average in my fitness pal, if you're someone who tracks food, because it's extremely important to have proper fiber for your gut health and also for your hunger levels and proper digestion, but also it helps with your blood sugar, you know, levels as well. So it's really important for just your overall health to eat whole foods and your fiber is a good gauge of that. But what's considered normal here is under eating on fiber, but what's optimal is that range of 25 to 35 for women, 35, 45 for men. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another area too, especially for men, like coaching men, um, you know, especially with the men, I see a high deficiency in protein, like we're not even getting near, um, you know, that 20, basically we want about 20 to 40 grams per meal um, to help facilitate that protein synthesis at, at minimum. Um, and obviously for a lot of the males out there who are, you know, weighing anywhere between like 150, 160 plus to like 200 plus pounds, like, you know, eating that amount per day is not even going to get you your one gram per one pound of body weight. And obviously, um, you know, from my experience personally, I have found that optimal results come, you know, from achieving at least that one gram per one pound of body weight and all the different men that I have coached. And so, you know, we're just kind of set up for failure, I think personally, you know, from a protein standpoint, like when you go to most restaurants, like the size of protein that you get is like pretty much laughable um, in comparison to like what we would need for the day as a total. That's why like some guys who, you know, haven't even been aware of this in the past that come into my coaching are like shocked that guys are eating like 200, 250, you know, grams of protein in my coaching program. And so, um, you know, think about just like Chipotle even like they give you about like four ounces, you know, it's tiny, you're getting like all these carbs and fats and stuff like that. So I think it's just become once again, a norm, you know, to not eat a lot of protein. We're a very, you know, carb and fat dense society where we like, we don't understand and we don't prioritize the importance of protein, but we need that protein if we want the results we want. 
And so that's the irony of this whole thing is like the way we're living is not in optimal, like it's not optimal, you know, for muscle growth to change our body and to create adaptations, um, you know, from our training and things like that. But we need this to do those things. And so this is just another area, guys, where, you know, if you're not actively seeking it out and you're not putting yourself in a position to, you know, pick you know, the portion of protein that's maybe a little bit more aligned with you, you know, your body weight, your goals, um, you know, it's going to be really hard, you know, to see those results. So just always make sure that like, once again, we're going out of our way to prioritize something like the amount of protein we're eating, because if we don't go out of our way, and we don't prioritize it, and we just kind of fall in line, we're not going to get enough protein. And so the last area that we really want to help you guys with and, and help you optimize is your fitness and your activity. You know, I was someone of the mind for a very long time that like, especially being a high level athlete, that high output means high ROI. So like the more intense the workout, you know, the more effective it is. And, you know, the science says, guys, in reality, this just is not the case. Um, there's a lot of nuances in there, you know, that we could really dive into right now, but it would be a whole episode in and of itself. But really, I just want you guys to understand the importance of just general movement. Something that we underestimate significantly as a society is the impact of just movement. And, you know, this was really eye-opening for me for a long time when, you know, I was very much so reliant on high-intensity training only, you know, for my cardiovascular training. And what I was noticing that, um, you know, doing this style of anaerobic training, what we don't normally account for is that this does add stress. When we, when we do high intensity cardiovascular training, um, you know, we're pushing at those high, um, basically those high ranges of our maximum heart rate. And this does have, you know, ramifications on our stress levels, our energy levels, our central nervous system. And so the beauty of walking, the beauty of doing aerobic exercise, that's a little bit more steady state and less intense is you're getting the same amount of caloric output, but you're doing it in a much easier way for one for and when I say easy, like, I'm not just saying like, you know, easy workout versus hard workout, but just less resistant for people to stick to is what I mean. Like, it's much easier to get an individual to start walking versus like, hey, you need to go do that really um, aggressive, high intensity interval training circuit. Now, I think both play their role. You know, we do both. We I'm not vilifying high intensity training. I'm just trying to describe to you guys know what you're getting out of which type of cardio. And, you know, something that was so eye-opening for me was I was really struggling from a fat loss standpoint. Um, and I was noticing that my issue, you know, you know, Christine and I obviously being coaches, we're always kind of like assessing and optimizing our own, you know, lifestyle habits and own, you know, training habits. And so what we were kind of mutually deciding was like, we thought, you know, my issue is my total activity. Um, you know, in the gym, I thought I was on my feet. I was assuming I'm on my feet a lot. I'm moving a lot. Um, I have to be, you know, getting a lot of steps in or a lot of total activity. Um, and then, you know, for the most of the other day or the rest of the day, I was mostly sedentary. And so I, that's around the time I switched to an Apple watch from my whoop and we started tracking my steps and we started to realize like, holy shit, like I was not getting remotely the amount of steps that I was getting. And once I had this experience, that's when I started using the walking pad more. That's when I started taking the steps more. And I started to realize, you know, as I was hitting, you know, a certain step count each and every day, I was like, holy cow, getting into this caloric deficit is becoming a lot clearer and becoming a lot more easier to sustain. And so what it really did help me get what I wanted through a completely different avenue um, of training that I hadn't done before. And it was extremely eye-opening for me personally to experience this because it made me realize the importance of that daily movement and the impact that it can have on consistent activity levels, on consistent caloric burn for the whole day. Um, so guys, I'm just telling you, you know, don't underestimate the power of walking and that neat exercise, that non-exercise activity thermogenesis that's happening throughout your day. 
And I want to close out with a quote from Kayla Barnes herself, which she titled the caption I think was really cool. We are what we think we are. And the whole post was about optimal health, starting with your thoughts. And you guys know we talk a lot about mindset on this podcast. So I thought this was a really pertinent quote to end today's episode. It says the first step to change your mindset, you have to believe you already are who you want to become. Think of yourself as in the health area of your life. Um, When you make better food and lifestyle choices, you have to tell yourself, I'm someone who makes better food and lifestyle choices. You have to tell yourself you're someone who works out. Once you start to make this your reality and this is just your way of thinking, it becomes your identity and you'll be more disciplined and stick with your routine when you tell yourself, I am someone who's healthy. I am someone who makes better food choices. I'm someone who works out. And she also mentioned this applies to your love life and your happiness as a whole too. If you think of yourself as someone who's loving, you'll attract more relationships. And if you think of someone, if you think of yourself as someone who is happy, it will help you lead happier thoughts and more fulfillment. It's just like what we talk about with gratitude. When you write gratitude down every day, you become a more grateful person. So this applies to all areas of life. Your optimal health starts with your thoughts and that mindset is everything. So to close out today's episode, we do want to say that next week we are doing a Q&A. We're going to be in Denver this weekend for our trip for all of these anniversaries. So we always do Q and A's when we travel, but we want to bring that to the podcast. So we have that form down below for anonymous feedback for the episode. We want to use that form this week. It's the first link in the show notes for Q and A. So these are anonymous questions. Just ask what you guys want to hear from us next week. We'll also put question boxes up on our personal Instagrams and the Life Rewired Instagram this week too. Then we'll be recording that episode on Monday. So you have from now, which is April 2nd to next Monday, which is April 8th, to submit those anonymous questions. And we'll be doing a Q&A next week. We appreciate you guys so much for listening. Please share this episode on your story. Tag myself, tag Zach, tag Life Rewired, and leave us a five-star review if you have not already. We appreciate each and every one of you, and we hope you have an awesome week.